0: Do you want to know who's the hottest president? Doesn't make you glow to learn sick cabello some time with us. We all dress like your dad, and wear glasses. We assure you it's not that bad,
1: with three dudes wearing my name is Gus, and I am wearing a grey skirt.
2: My name is Mitchell, and
0: I'm wearing jorts. My name is Evan, and I'm wearing a sweatshirt because it's freezing here.
1: And we are three dudes wearing plaid every week on the show. We learn something brand new. The only catch is we have no idea what we're going to be learning about yet. Evan, I am so jealous of you right now.
0: It's 50 degrees outside.
1: Oh, imagine.
0: We have had all the windows oh. open for like hours because it's just so lovely to bask in the cold. Truly amazing.
1: Please, please send your cold front our way. It hasn't dipped below 75 in multiple oh, nights.
2: God, nothing is worse than a hot night.
1: It's going to be in the 90s oh. again yes. today.
2: Just get go outside and take a cardboard box. Just swing it around in the air, seal it up real quick, or like a maybe like a Ziploc bag, and then just send us some of your cold air, and then I'll, I'll, I'll put my head in
0: that
1: box when it gets here. That'd be really nice.
0: I wonder if the USPS blog has a uh, post on how to send weather weather <laughs> features to people in the mail. You know what? We can't
1: do the post office again.
2: Well, we can call back to it. Hey, yo. I bet they do. Probably. Bet you can. That seems like it's something the, you can do. It's a guide for like storm chasers. And they have all their trophies of storms that they've hunted down or whatever the hell they, those people do.
1: Is that Right, what they yeah, do? they they cut off and taxidermy the heads of the tornadoes they've chased.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's definitely, definitely what it is. They go right into the eye of the hurricane and then they, they, they cut into it with a knife and fork and they're like, hmm, delicious.
0: Oh, so it's for like the food, the food value of the tornado. That's what they, they see. Well,
1: I mean, it's both. It's sustainable storm hunting. Oh, okay,
0: yes. okay, okay. They use every part of the tornado that they catch. No, I can, re- I can respect that.
2: Right, like there was a thing briefly where they were raising a bunch of storms in captivity so that they could like eat only a little bit and throw most of them away, and then we were like, "Ah, that's unethical. We gotta let those storms roam free and destroy small towns and whatnot before you hunt them down."
1: It's been a it's been a whole ethical debate.
2: Okay, places. but
1: what? But but what do storm chasers like actually do?
2: Thank you for asking. I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gus. It's funny you should ask, because this is one of those broad Wikipedia articles. Storm chasing is broadly defined as the deliberate pursuit of any severe weather phenomenon, regardless of motive, but most commonly for curiosity, adventure, scientific investigation, or for news or media coverage. A person who chases storms is known as a storm chaser.
1: Well, all right, Ben.
2: Yeah, a lot of, apparently tornadoes are like a big objective for most storm chasers probably because they don't last very long but you know a lot of people like to run in the middle of thunderstorms and delight in viewing communal nimbus and cloud structures they just get really happy i guess Um, (laughs) uh hail lightning cyclones water spouts crazy stuff like that.
1: Oklahomashelters.net has an article on their blog called What Exactly Storm Chasers Do and Why We Need to Thank Them For It. Uh, it's not clear whether or not this was written by a storm chaser, but it is clear that in addition to just literally going after the like tornado or hurricane, a lot of what they do involves collecting data on it, photos, videos, wind speeds, other like numbers that they can measure and record about the storm so that the people in the surrounding area can be better. Are prepared for what the storm is actually going to do when it gets to them
2: mm, that, that does actually seem very useful <laughs>
1: It also helps people who research these kind of things, because, you know, if you're a tornado researcher, but you, for whatever reason, don't want to get close to a tornado, you're allergic. there are other people who can do it for you. Yes, you're, you're allergic to tornadoes, so there are other people who can do it for you and collect the kind of data that you need for your research. So some people do literally just do it because they're like, oh, I want to see a tornado up close, but a lot of people <laughs> do it so that they can collect all this data for people who need it or want to use it.
0: Yeah, the Wikipedia page seems to further reinforce the fact that it is a chiefly recreational endeavor. But as you keep going through this uh, this little subheading, Nature of and Motivations for Chasing, it really seems like this Wikipedia page is basically just propaganda. Ah, oh, yeah! <laughs> Storm chasers do it for various reasons. These could include the beauty of the views afforded by the sky and the land, the mystery of not knowing precisely what will unfold, the journey of an undetermined destination on the open road intangible experiences such as feeling one with a much larger and more powerful natural world
2: uh-huh huh. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I
1: I'm love sure it's all true
0: all true definitely all true many storm chasers are lovers of nature with interests also including flora, fauna, geology volcanoes, aurora, meteors eclipses and astronomy thank you that's very important information
2: I mean that yes that also makes sense but imagine if they weren't <laughs> yeah
1: I'm chasing this storm because I want to watch it wipe out nature. I fucking hate nature.
2: (laughs) I follow hurricanes and tornadoes because I hate seeing the night sky. It feels like those stars are always mocking me. And uh, when there's a storm, I can't see any of that. So there we go. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I love Wikipedia pages that are just like blatant propaganda by a group of like eight people who are like, we love this thing. Let's write the article about it. If we're talking about storm chasing, we got to talk about David Hoadley. And I'm going to talk about David Hoadley. Of course. Because he was widely credited as the first storm chaser. I'm on a Royal Meteorolo- Meteorological Society blog post about this, so it must be true. Evidently, he was from North Dakota. He started chasing storms in 1956 for his own reasons, and then later founded a magazine because every hobby's got a magazine, which was just called Storm Track which helped create the first sense of chaser community, in quotes. And uh, while there were some people who were attracted to it, like in the beginning, it was a small community. so like they list. Like this guy, Neil Ward, was the first scientific storm chaser. I don't know about that. In 1972, there was a collaboration between the University of Oklahoma and the National Severe Storms Laboratory, which developed the Tornado Intercept Project and then helped prevent several like or warn towns of like, or intercept them. I don't know what they have to do to intercept a tornado. But that a tornado was coming. And a lot of the time they used data or information from this or people from this magazine to help be part of that project. Because there were already people who were going out and like looking at storms. They're like, we need people to do that. They said, yes, I will do that. I'm already doing it. Two birds, one stone, <laughs> baby. And then the hobby got further popularized in 1996 with the release of the film Twister. Although even this blog post says it is widely recognized as a distorted view of the hobby. Which, like, (laughs) that happens. That always happens. Mm. Hollywood doesn't know shit about the the majesty of the supercell.
1: (laughs) In terms of more famous storm chasers... I'm on a Smithsonian article called How a Legendary Storm Chaser Changed the Face of Tornado Science By Mm. Maya Wejas This is about Tim Samaras Who was also mentioned in the blog post from Oklahoma Shelters Which is how I got here But I will note that the blog post from Oklahoma Shelters It said that he passed away during an unexpectedly violent tornado Which sucks and is really bad And I misread it as he passed away unexpectedly during a violent tornado Tornado and when I misread that I thought "Mm, But how unexpected could it be Because this is what he spent his life Doing. Oh no But in fact it was a tornado that was more Violent than expected. In fact a Tornado that caused millions of dollars of Damage, 115 injuries and 20 deaths. Good lord When Tim Samaras passed away In that tornado he was a season chaser who had Pursued tornadoes for over two Decades and his whole Thing was he Engineered these weird little cone shaped probes to measure the pressure humidity and temperature in the middle of the tornado.
2: Oh my god Mm -hmm. so the most dangerous part that you have to go through then.
1: Yeah exactly Jeez Louise. He was trying to get ground based data from like the centers of these tornadoes to help scientists understand how they behave better and hopefully save some lives and he was a really cool dude it seems.
2: We think based on all the information we have available to us at the time.
0: I'm currently reading a little bit more about storm magazine founded in 1977 by david hoadley it seems to have published not just stuff about simply the chasing of the storms but also biographies photography cartoons poetry and classifieds Uh, it only existed however until 2002 at which point it stopped running because it was not very popular its highest circulation in 1996 after the release of the film twister was only a thousand okay that makes sense. so in 2002 it shut down and now it is a Blog, which, or not a blog, a forum, Ah. which I'm currently on and seems to be very, very active. Lots of people post on the uh, Stormtrack forum.
1: Well, that's cool.
0: Also, the the little comics that were drawn for the magazine, I found a couple. They're not good. They use Comic Sans.
1: Oh.
2: Ah. Well, I mean, it is.
1: Comic Sans has comic right in the name, Evan. I
2: know. I still hate it. <laughs> That's fair. Hey, David David Hardley's still alive. Wait, what? Oh, what? I don't think we ever talk about alive people on this show. It just says born 1938, and all this stuff is in present tense. Like, he doesn't often, like, appear in public and whatnot. The last mention of him is at delivering a keynote speech about his storm-chasing career, which he had been doing for 50 years, in 2006. But it doesn't say anything else about, like, him dying or anything? Yeah, he continues to reside in Virginia. What a badass.
1: That's really cool.
2: Also, he had a degree in political science, an MA in foreign affairs, and then decided to go chase storms. So, listen, I'm not, listen, mom. That I know you're, be you. I know, you're, I know you're listening to this. <laughs> and, like, you shouldn't be too worried, but you, but you should be kind of worried.
1: There was a TV show called Storm Chasers.
2: Was there? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yes, there was. It's an American documentary reality television series on the Discovery Channel. It was canceled at the end of its fifth season, but the program did follow several teams of storm chasers as they attempted to intercept tornadoes in Tornado Alley. Several different teams of storm chasers appear throughout the series. And during the first two seasons, there was a focus on Dr. Joshua Werman, who is apparently a renowned atmospheric scientist and creator of the Doppler on Wheels.
2: Wait, for real? Yeah. Dude, that thing is so cool.
1: Oh yeah, it's badass. The Doppler on Wheels is a fleet of x band and c band radar trucks. Yep, led by principal investigator Joshua Werman. They're really cool. They're like, they kind of look like trucks, but then the back half devolves into like all of this cool radar equipment With like a big dish on it and everything It's awesome
2: I don't know how But I had one of those Like as a, as like a toy as a kid I thought it was so cool Because it's just It's just a big truck with a radar dish It's awesome Ah, oh, I love that Is it time to talk about Twister? The, the film?
1: I think it's time to talk about Twister yes.
2: so I got time to talk about the film Twister Because here's the thing Twister d- Disaster movie Disaster adventure movie, I guess 1996 Produced by Steven Spielberg Written by Michael Crichton what okay great based on that screenplay directed by by jan de bont second highest grossing film of 1996 wow got received academy awards including for best visual effects or nominations for visual effects and best sound but then i think independence day came out and nobody wanted to people wanted to see aliens more here's the thing this film has helen hunt alexa vega bill paxton and carrie carrie elwis and philip seymour hoffman in it Huh. This, this. Stacked cast. This is absolutely stacked. It stars Helen Hunt, who is an eccentric meteorologist, and Bill Paxton plays a, a character called Dr. Bill Harding. Except that's not his name, because his name is Dr. Bill The Extreme Harding.
1: Oh no.
2: <laughs> oh my god, that's great. Apparently, yeah, this is just a, a disaster movie that opens with Van Halen music. About tornadoes. This is a very long plot summary, but also apparently had a ton of production problems, including a time when Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt were temporarily bl- blinded by electronic lamps.
1: Oh my god!
2: That were used to like for like to make really high contrast to make the sky look dark behind them, and then they were like blinded for a couple of days. And there was there were schisms between actors and the director. A bunch of people left during filming because apparently he was Yann bon was like out of control and like knocked over. I guess, like, just punched a camera assistant who missed a cue. So a lot of the crew left. And then, and then apparently a ton of the butter, butter, ton of the budget went to, had to go to visual (laughs) effects. Listen.
1: I'm sorry. We we here at Twister pay for all of our visual effects in butter.
2: Pounds and pounds of butter.
1: We do butter sculptures instead of CG.
2: Yes. (laughs) I mean, apparently they did film in Oklahoma, in, in Waquita, which is like, that's cool. But apparently so much of the butter went to um, visual effects because they couldn't get overcast skies. So they had to shoot the tornado scenes in sunlight and then like replace the sky. <laughs> oh my God. This, yeah, this just seems to be, have been riddled with problems, including up until the very end when <clears throat> Prince of Twister came from a, with a note from Devont suggesting that exhibitors play the film at a higher volume than normal for full effect. Translation, our movie about tornadoes, we forgot to make it loud enough, so just crank that shit up, baby. (laughs) Sounds like an awesome movie.
1: Just before it disappears entirely into the ether, I want to say one more thing about Storm Chaser's TV series. Uh-huh. Because our boy Tim Samaras is actually mentioned on the Wikipedia page for it mm. He was, quote, reportedly relieved when the show was cancelled As he thought it focused more on interpersonal drama than on the storms themselves
2: <laughs> I mean, that'll do it
1: That's all I wanted to say
0: So, we've been mentioning Tornado Alley in the past couple of little little segments of this show And I wanted to know, what even is Tornado Alley? Like, why why are there so many storms there? So Tornado Alley, as like classically defined, is sort of like the southern part of the Midwest and parts that I don't consider the Midwest, but are sort of Midwestern. So Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas, South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska. And the reason is because of warm, humid air coming from the equator, sort of via the Gulf of Mexico, meeting cold, dry air coming off of the Rocky Mountains, which is, like, the perfect environment to create giant storm supercells. But it's Ooh. not actually the place where the most tornadoes happen. That is actually Florida. Huh. Yeah, Florida has the most recorded tornadoes through uh, 2013. But these tornadoes are never nearly as strong or, like, as bad as they are in the tornado alley. It seems that the most tornadoes ever recorded in Tornado Alley in one day. One day. One day. One day of tornadoes. April 27th of 2011 was 216 tornadoes. What? Uh, that's
1: coming from too hard.
0: Coming from one giant storm that took place over Tornado Alley. So, what? that's there's a reason it's called Tornado Alley. It's bad
2: like oh, it- okay the, the country is very big i get that the midwest there's a lot of like open space haha nobody lives there that's too many tornadoes to have
1: well yeah because like as big of an area it is that covers not that many u.s states so mm-hmm. that's like several dozen tornadoes in each state in one day
0: all caused by one single storm system It appears that uh, there were actually 360 confirmed tornadoes from the whole entire storm system, but those happened over multiple days.
2: Oh, yeah, you know, very, very casual. Jesus. I'm still – I don't think I can – I've never seen one tornado. What? I've seen like a little – I've seen like a little baby tornado – That was hilarious because it landed during a giant Boy Scout camping event and like threw some shit around.
1: Oh, was this the microburst?
2: This was the microburst from a few years ago. I don't live where there's tornadoes.
1: When I was in first grade, there was a microburst that touched down a couple times in my town. And I remember this because it was on the night of the first grade talent show. We had to drive to school to get to the talent show in the immediate aftermath of the microburst. So there were like trees down and like the power lines were all fucked up and there was debris everywhere. And we were just like, do, 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 gotta get to the first grade talent show.
2: Damn right, you gotta, you gotta do.
1: (laughs) And you know what? It was awesome. It was a great night. Microburst can't stop real talent.
2: Darn tootin' as they say. I would love to see a tornado someday, but because I can't see one where I am right now, I'm comforting myself by looking at the logo for the Omaha Storm Chasers, uh, the uh minor league baseball team, the affiliate of the Kansas City Royals. Uh-huh. Because they have, you know, the classic baseball logo that is probably one of the best i've ever seen it is a tornado it does have a face and big fists like it's gonna punch you it's going like it does have the baseball seams on it and it does have a baseball bat going through its head that is its nose objectively not a storm chaser it is just a storm but honestly no
1: well maybe it's a storm that chases things it's a (laughs) storm chaser
2: storm the chaser (laughs) but objectively a pretty good logo so, like, you know what? No notes, Omaha. You go. If you will give me a little platform to talk a
0: bit about the enhanced Fujita scale, which Please I've do. been waiting. Of course, it's a very interesting and engaging topic, which is how we measure tornadoes—the intensity of them. But interestingly, unlike other sort of scales by which to measure severe weather events, it measures the intensity of the damage of the tornado. So we have Ooh. like no surveyable damage, minor damage, like some shingles are taken off roofs, moderate damage, considerable damage, severe damage which is level 3 which is like whole stories of buildings destroyed devastating damage which can destroy whole houses and incredible damage which destroys even the foundations of houses Jesus. but if you will remember I called it the enhanced Fujita scale because it replaced the original Fujita scale in 2007 Oh. so this is not the original measure of how bad tornadoes are apparently it just sort of like revised how it defines damage to be more inclusive of damage to structures and vegetation uh, but it's only used in the U.S. and baby France. It's been proposed in France. Ah.
1: Oh, I was about to say, what is the maybe doing in that sentence? But (laughs) proposed, okay. Speaking of things used by storm chasers to analyze the storms, See that smooth segue? I'm going to talk about Tornado Intercept vehicles.
2: Yes. Talk about them. Sing it.
1: they're awesome. The TIV-1 and TIV-2 are vehicles used to film with an IMAX camera from very close to or within a tornado. They were designed by film director Sean Casey. And the TIV-1 was a heavily modified 1997 Ford F Super Duty cab and chassis truck Yeehaw. That was basically turned into like A tank. You look up photos of these things, and they're like heavily armored. You can't even see their wheels because they've got like metal shielding that goes all the way to the ground. They kind of look like you'd find them in like one of the early Star Wars movies.
2: Oh my God, this looks awesome. Wait a minute. Yeah. Very cool.
1: They're amazing. They've got like bullet resistant windows. Also the phrase, the original TIV's somewhat cumbersome hydraulic claws were not what? used on TIV2 in favor of six hydraulic skirts that drop down to deflect wind. What? What are the
0: claws for? claws. I... <laughs>
2: what? Sometimes... They were used to
1: grapple onto the ground and anchor the TIV during an intercept.
2: Oh my god! Ooh.
1: Literally to grab the physical ground to prevent the TIV from getting blown away.
2: Dude, this thing is awesome. It's so cool looking. Everyone who has a truck, who needs, who lives in the Midwest either needs to build one of these or accept that they're just not as cool as some film director who in 2013 went into a tornado inside his own vehicle that he designed.
1: Yeah. Eventually the TIV-2 had to be Retired during that tornado That he went inside because it was struck By large debris from a nearby farm Which is, can I just say, the whole Stereotypical tornado thing is always it's Pulling stuff up from farms, so that's yeah. fun mm-hmm. And suffered damage to the roof Mounted anemometer, at least Two bridges of the crew compartment when the roof Hatch and one of the doors were compromised <sighs> Before the anemometer was disabled It recorded winds of 150 to 175 miles an hour Ooh. And in 2019, Sean K he listed the TIV two on Craigslist for thirty five thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it was later sold to Storm Chaser Ryan Shepard, who plans on restoring it and using it in future chases. So oh, that's cool. Oh, that's good. Nice. I'm
2: glad, dude. This is just a big science tank. I love this.
1: Yeah, dude. The TIV is so awesome.
2: Very, very I want, cool. I want to just drive one of these? All these babies around i
0: feel like i watched an imax film about like this this vehicle like a long time
2: ago when i was a small child it seems very familiar right i i, I have some some vague memory of going into like a theater in a museum and watching something yeah like, this. like a museum theater it was watching, probably
1: yeah. sean casey's imax film tornado alley well there you go which at the very least was around in 2011 because that's when this all things considered interview with him was but yeah, Sean Casey seems like, again, with the information we have available to us right now, in general, a pretty cool dude. Pretty cool dude. He's just like, he's a filmmaker, and he also decided like, dude, tornadoes are awesome. I'm just gonna do storm chasing and make movies about it. He's been storm chasing since 1999.
2: Tornadoes are awesome, but film equipment is delicate and cumbersome to lug around with all of my other science junk. And also, I can't get close enough to film my, the dang tornado. Solution, build a science tank that can go into the tornado.
1: Obviously. Why would you do anything else? Way to go, Sean Casey.
2: I'm trying to read, I'm trying to figure out what the hell IMAX actually is, just because I realize I don't actually know other than it's a big screen. And there's a lot of technical language on this Wikipedia page, which, like, hey, nerds, nerds out there, PSA, uh, the whole point of Wikipedia is to make it accessible to people. I'm a, I'm a dum dum who doesn't know what an aspect ratio is. So come on, help me <laughs> out, help me out a little bit here. I think it's just a big screen.
1: Cool. <laughs> You know, on that note, I'm going to ask, what have we learned today?
2: We have learned that storm tra- storm chasing, Jesus, storm chasing is a uh, hobby and partially a profession that has been engaged in since the 1950s, in which people run around or drive around, literally just following storms, usually tornadoes, not always. Some include hurricanes, big old thunderstorms, water spouts to film and photograph and just get the, the the thrills and chills. One very
0: cool storm chaser is David Hoadley, who's still alive and probably okay, we think. I need to get a BA in political science, but he was a prolific storm chaser who taught himself meteorology and formed the magazine StormTrack, which was the premier storm chasing magazine until 2002 when it folded and became an online forum, which is quite active to this day.
1: Other cool storm chasers include Tim Samaras, who pretty much revolutionized the data collection of storm chasing by inventing these little, like, probes that could go into the center of a tornado to record, like, their humidity and temperature in there. And Sean Casey, who is a filmmaker who has been storm chasing and recording it for IMAX movies about tornadoes, and he invented the Tornado Intercept Vehicles 1 and 2, which are science tanks.
2: Indeed. Storm chasing has been kind of tertiarily useful to, uh, science and the measurement of storms and the prediction of their like patterns so that they can be used to, to intercept tornadoes before they go and destroy a whole dang town, which is a big concern if you live in, uh, Tornado Alley, where too many tornadoes happen.
0: The uh, illustrious hobby of storm chasing has spawned uh, the TV show Storm Chasers. It was not terribly long-lived. It featured various storm chasers, including at one time Sean Casey in their Tornado Intercept Vehicle, as well as the uh, Doppler on Wheels, which the inventor of, uh, Dr. Joshua Werman, was followed by the TV show. But some actual storm chasers felt like it focused too much on interpersonal drama, as many reality TV shows do.
1: I think that's just about about it for today this was a cool fucking topic thank you so much for listening if you like the show please share it with a friend if you hate the show please drive it into the heart of a tornado and either way follow <laughs> us on instagram at 3dwp cast i'm gus
2: i'm mitchell and i'm effin
1: and this has been three dudes wearing plaid have a great day
2: next time on three dudes wearing plaid
1: it happens in the very first games and people uh-huh. I mean presumably it's a lo- it's a slightly weird localization because yes. you know I like shorts their company easy to wear was in the like English version but mm-hmm. people really latched onto it and so they like keep bringing back the shorts kid
0: Yes short kids all the time all these
2: short kids
1: Ugh all these children are so short why can't they be adult sized
2: Find out next week on 3 dudes wearing plaid <laughs>